Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we're doing breaches of the week as always. And this week in data breaches was just absolutely nuts. I think it's a little shorter than the last couple of weeks, but what basically we are lacking up in quantity, we are definitely making up for in quality. And so with that, I want to thank the following people that gave me a lot of this information, and that would be Sander Sleidnerink, Jacqueline Wolf, Jay Dance, Oscar Granados, and Darren Young. Guys, thank you very much, and please keep sending those tips my way. And we are going to head south of the border to Colombia first and talk about IFX Networks. On September 13th of this year, multiple websites of the Colombian government uh, and their various institutions, not to mention superintendencies and their judiciary, were inaccessible due to an interruption of services of IFX Networks. Now, this was due apparently to a cyber attack by a ransomware gang, and it was essentially detected by the company, and obviously they went to work trying to get them out of the system. Now, IFX Networks recovery attempts apparently failed, and here we are. Now, the ransomware gang apparently hijacked the IFX platform as well as customer data. More than 700 machines in their infrastructure were uh, basically affected, impacting many companies in multiple countries. Now, a total of 46 state entities suffered impacts, with 25 using services of IFX and 21 using their applications in the cloud, and essentially, here we are. Now, the quote-unquote gate where the criminals entered was, interestingly enough, through a VMware-branded product, which their virtual servers, uh, they were creating, they, they were using and operating across IFX, apparently not updating anything, or at least this specific VMware product. I do not know which VMware product it is, but apparently it went unpatched, they exploited vulnerabilities, got right in, and the Colombian government, as well as other uh, countries around the region, have been impacted as well. So heads up to you. Uh, that's not good. And hopefully the Columbian government and IFX will get back on their feet soon. Moving on, let's talk about Air Canada, the airline of Canada. Now they disclosed a cybersecurity incident uh, this week where attackers quote unquote briefly obtained limited access to their internal systems. Now according to the airline, the incident resulted in the theft of a limited amount of personal information of some of its employees and quote unquote certain records. Customer data apparently was not affected. Quote, an unauthorized group briefly obtained limited access to an internal Air Canada system related to limited personal information of some employees and certain records, end quote. That is from their statement uh, from Wednesday, September 20th on Air Canada's press website. Now, the airline flight operation systems and customer-facing infrastructure were not affected and customer information was not accessed, according to them. The airline has contacted, obviously, the applicable parties and Canadian law enforcement, and here we are. Moving on. Let's do our mini segment real quick of if you just spent a little more money, you wouldn't be getting sued for a lot more. So make sure that you are actually spending money on your cybersecurity. First up is one we recently talked about here on Breaches of the Week, which is the University of Minnesota. Now, a number of lawsuits have since been filed against the University of Minnesota after a large data breach exposing at least 7 million social security numbers was reported in mid-July. And it seems to me, just as I do this week after week after week, and I'm always looking at you know the lawsuits as well as the actual breaches going on, it seems like the frequency of lawsuits aren't just increasing, but the time between the breach notification and the actual lawsuit filed seems to be shrinking, uh, just as I'm noticing. Again, I've been doing Breaches of the Week every week for... Ooh, it's got to be at least three, four years now. And so this is this is 
really interesting. But I digress back to the University of Minnesota. Now, one of the class action lawsuits against them was brought by J Jasmine Martin, a former women's volleyball player for the Gophers. Um, and she was basically, she filed that lawsuit um, on August 29th. The suit claims the university did not take the proper steps in protecting students' private data. Now, the first of these lawsuits uh, to be made public was filed by Joff Ditburner and Mary Wind, two former university employees. Both Ditburner and Wind were required to give their social security number and personally identifiable information for employment purposes, as we all do to respective employers. So obviously that's a huge thing, but heads up, if you go into the University of Minnesota, odds are you may be entitled eventually to compensation. Moving on. Let's talk about Salud Family Health, because they just agreed to settle a class action that was filed in response to a cybersecurity incident that saw basically unauthorized individuals gain access to patient data um, in September of 2022. So basically a year ago, more than 427,540 individuals had their protected health information exposed. We're talking names, social security numbers, driver's license, state ID, credit card numbers, financial account information, and all the health information you can think of, medical diagnosis, treatment, biometric data, et cetera, et cetera, and usernames and passwords. So obviously that's a huge problem. So heads up to you, patients of Salud Family Health. Moving on, let's talk about Per Foods, aka Mom's Meal. And I where I talked about these guys like a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. They're being sued over a cyber attack that exposed personally identifiable information and protected health information of uh, basically almost 1.24 million individuals who use the services of their subsidiary Mom's Meals. I literally just talked about this. So again, the lawsuits are just coming in quicker. Moving on. Let's talk about Oak Valley Hospital, because on September 15th, 2023, uh, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General, um, basically for a cyber incident. And in this notice, OVHD explained that the incident related um, essentially to sensitive information being hit, including social security numbers, medical information, all that kind of stuff as well. And so, interestingly enough, that is not a lawsuit going on, but in my notes, I accidentally stuck it in my lawsuit segment. So Oak Valley Hospital, heads up. Now let's go back to the other lawsuit that we've got going on here, and that would be Virginia Mason Medical Center. Now this lawsuit is called Doe v. Doe et al. v. Virginia Mason Medical Center et al. Uh, now it's before the, a judge in King County Superior Court in the state of Washington. Uh, the suit claims that Virginia Mason placed tracking pixels on its website that transmitted uh, person uh, patients personally identifiable information, their statuses uh, of, as patients of Virginia Mason, Mason, and all of that, and they transmitted to Facebook, Google, Signal, and, and and a whole bunch of others as well. And that is something that we talked about months ago when that broke, that that so many medical portals had these tracking pixels just integrated by the web developers in there. And so every time you were going into uh, you know, a patient portal, if you were part of one of these, that information was being forwarded for advertising and data collection purposes uh, to Facebook, Google, et cetera. So obviously that's a huge, huge problem. And, and here we are. So Virginia Mason getting sued over that. And I suspect we're going to see many more because that report when it came out said something like, I want to say it was like 30% of the top 100 hospitals in the entire United States were caught up in this, not to mention a slew of everything else from 101 to 50,000. So we're going to see what goes on here, but I promise you there's going to be more. And so that officially ends the segment. And if any of these companies minus Oak Valley, well, Oak Valley too, because <coughs> they probably will be sued, but 
If they had just spent money on cybersecurity, they wouldn't be paying out a lot more. And there you go. Moving on, let's head down under to Australia and their version of Pizza Hut, known as Pizza Hut Australia, is on the chopping block because personally identifiable information belonging to approximately 193,000 Pizza Hut Aussie customers was uh, potentially swept up in a cyber attack, according to The Guardian. We're talking names, addresses, home delivery instructions, email addresses, and phone numbers were among the data potentially accessed. Pizza Hut Australia CEO Phil Reed said that the breach had been reported to the Office of Australian Information Commissioner, and here we are. So heads up to you. If you like Pizza Hut in Australia. Moving on, uh, let's give you a quick update on Nuance Communications. This is uh, the platform that Microsoft owns. I literally talked about this last week, and we've already had our first supply chain announcement due to data breach. So St. Luke's Health System in Boise, Idaho is the first to announce that I could find. And so if you're a patient of St. Luke's Health System, heads up to you. But I suspect there's going to be a zillion zillion uh, medical institutions by virtue of this having to essentially uh, declare data breaches as a result of that nuance breach I talked about the other week. Moving on, let's talk about TransUnion. Yes, the large credit bureau, apparently a threat actor linked to uh, basically previous big name breaches, has released several gigabytes of personal data stolen from credit bureau TransUnion, according to researchers. Now, the individual goes by the moniker USDOD, and we're going to be talking about that individual as we did last week as well, and they posted a three gigabyte database containing the personally, personally identifiable information of 58,500 individuals, and that's according to VX Underground. Now, although there's no information on whether these, customer, uh, these are customers or employees, given the size of the company, at least some of that personally identifiable information would appear to be from customers. Quote, the database appears to be compromised uh, on March 2 of 2022, so just over a year ago, this leaked database has information on individuals all across the globe, including the Americas, North and South, as well as Europe, end quote. And that was a direct quote. That's according to VX Underground, stating in a post on X, formerly Twitter. Now, among the PII apparently taken are first and last names, internal transunion identifiers, passport information, including place and date of birth, marital status, uh, age, employer information, credit scores, and loan information. Seems like just enough to run a scam on you. So heads up to you if you use transunion. And for the record, we all use transunion because they have information on all of us, just like Equifax, although 58,000 of us, and it could be you, it could be me, hopefully neither, neither of us, but we're going to find out. Moving on. Let's talk about uh, blockchain data analytics platform Nansen. They recently suffered a security incident that exposed some users' email addresses and passwords. Now, the breach appeared to have originated from a third-party vendor whose system was compromised, allowing the attacker to gain admin rights. And obviously, here we are. I do not know who that third party is, uh, and here we are. So, Nansen CEO Alex Savanvik uh, basically stated that the company became aware of this attack on September 20 of this year, and the initial investigation indicated that about 6.8% of its users were affected. I do not know if that's a lot or a little, uh, given who they are. But heads up if you use Nansen for all your blockchain data analytics needs. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Hillsborough County School District. 
in the state of Florida. Now, protected information on 254 students has been accessed improperly as a result of a cybersecurity breach. That's according to the district, uh, basically in letters that they sent to families this past Friday. Now, the information included names, dates of birth, district uh, student identification numbers, state IDs or social security numbers, and details about school nurse visits during the 2021 and 2022 school year. Now, district officials learned of the breach uh, during a recent uh, review that was undertaken weeks ago after they identified unusual activity involving their network systems. Addressing the school board on September 7th, Superintendent Van Ayers said that it appeared at the time the problem did not affect the system that stored the vast majority of students' educational data, but the review showed that administrative file containing student data from the 2021-2022 school year had been accessed without authorization. So heads up to you if you have a child in the Hillsborough County School District in the state of Florida. Moving on, let's talk about Limestone Bank. Now, in a letter of notification sent to affected clients on September 15th, Limestone said it had, quote, identified unusual activity involving an employee's email account, end quote, that prompted, obviously, them to launch an investigation. Another notification issued to the Attorney General of Maine, which, obviously, Maine, I, you might, if you're a regular follower and listener, you've heard that uh, the, that state quite a bit. Um, they basically put the number of victims at 47,590, but the vast majority of those of these victims resided in other parts of America. That's not specific to Maine. Now, sensitive data Data, according to the disclosures, includes uh, financial account and credit information for credit card numbers, along with um, security and access codes, passwords, and account pins. So that's awesome. So that's up to you, Lime Bank, Limestone Bank patrons and customers. Go change your everything. Moving on. Let's talk about Move It. I'm going to give you an update on this one because we've got some actually interesting information on this, not just disclosures, but we're going to start with that. So the first disclosure is Cadence Bank. So heads up to you there. The other one is National Student Clearinghouse. Now, I mentioned National Student Clearinghouse in my last Breaches of the Week, um, basically daily video, podcast, all that kind of stuff, and we didn't know exactly how they got caught up. Now we know it's Move It. And now we know that as a result of National Student Clearinghouse, 890 schools have now been affected, which means we're going to see disclosures from at least half of them. And so that's going to keep me busy for the foreseeable future. Move it simply just won't die. Moving on. Let's talk about Brady, Martz, and Associates, because on September 8th, they filed a notice uh, with the Attorney General of Maine. See? See? What am I saying here? After discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access portions of the company's computer network. Now, in this notice, Brady, Martz explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to gain access to customer-sensitive information, including name, social security, date of birth, driver's license, state ID, health insurance information, and medical information. They've sent out letters as well, so heads up to you, Brandy Marsh uh, patients. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about a company called Upstream Rollco LLC. Interesting name. Don't know what they do. Now, on September 8th, they filed a notice with the Attorney General of Texas after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to gain certain access to certain employee email accounts. Now, in this notice, Upstream explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information, which included names, dates of birth, contact information, demographic information, medical information, health insurance information, and Social Security numbers. Upon completing their investigation, they sent out breach letters as well. So if you have anything to do with Upstream Roll Co. for all your 
rolling needs or whatever they do, heads up to you. Hopefully everything's good. Next up, let's talk about BMO Bank North America. Yes, a large bank uh, basically out of Montreal. On September 20th of this year, they filed notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Texas after discovering that information entrusted the company was accessible to an unauthorized party. In this notice, BMO or BMO, explains that the incident uh, resulted in the unauthorized party being able to access consumers' sense of information. We're talking name, social security, address, and dates of birth. Upon uh, completing their investigation, they sent out letters as well. So if you bank at BMO, heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about SitePath Medical. Now, they filed a notice uh, on September 8th with uh, basically the, uh, on behalf, actually, they signed, they, they filed this on behalf of Sutter North Surgery Center after discovering that an unauthorized actor accessed certain files within SitePath system. So Sutter North Surgery Center was using SitePath Medical for their certain file needs. Now, in this notice, SitePath explains that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access sensitive information. I do not know what that is, but SitePath has now sent out notifications for Sutter North Surgery. So if you're a patient for Sutter North Surgery or your hospital, doctor, whatever, uses SitePath Medical for whatever they do, heads up to you. Moving on. And again, really, we're all in this together. I mean, how many breaches lead to other breaches or disclosures? I mean, move it alone. Jeez. Moving on. The International Joint Commission. Sounds very fancy. They are the body that manages water rights along the U.S.-Canada border. Now, ransomware gang, gang claimed that they stole 80 gigabytes from that organization on September 7th. The No Escape Ransomware Gang uh, listed IJC as a victim of uh, basically on their dark website and claimed that it breached the commission's network, then stole and encrypted a ton of personal data. Now, the information is... Contracts, legal documents, personal details belonging to employees and members, financial and insurance information, geological files, and quote, much other confidential and sensitive information, end quote. So heads up to you. I don't think it's going to stop the water flow along the Hudson or wherever, but nevertheless, that's obviously a big thing. So the International Joint Commission between U.S. and Canada... Not having a good week. And finally, and we've got a couple finalies for you. We've got to talk about Microsoft once again, because I swear to God, they've just been in the breach news just left and right in the last like year or two. Now we're talking about the Microsoft AI Research Division. They accidentally leaked dozens of terabytes, outstanding, of sensitive data starting in July of 2020, meaning over three years ago, while contributing open source AI learning models to a public GitHub repository. Almost three years later, this was actually discovered by cloud security firm Wiz, whose security researchers found that a Microsoft employee inadvertently shared the URL for a misconfigured Azure blob storage bucket containing this leaked information. Now, Microsoft linked the data exposure to using an excessively permissive shared access signature or SAS token which allowed full control over the shared files. This Azure feature enables data sharing in a manner described by Wiz researchers as challenging to monitor and revoke. Now, used correctly, or rather when used correctly, shared access signature or SAS tokens offer a secure means of granting delegated access to resources within your storage account within Microsoft. This includes precise control over client data access, specifying the resources that they can interact with, defining their permissions concerning those resources, and determining the duration of that uh, token's validity. 
quote, due to lack of monitoring and governance, SAS tokens pose a security risk and their usage should not be limited, should be as limited as possible. These tokens are very hard to track as Microsoft does not provide a centralized way to manage them within the Azure portal. That is according to Wiz, who discovered this, quote, in addition, these tokens can be configured to effectively last forever with no upper limit on their expiry time. Therefore, an account SaaS token for uh, external sharing is unsafe and should be avoided. Now, the Wiz research team found that besides these open source models, the internal storage account also inadvertently allowed access to 38 terabytes worth of additional private data. Now, the exposed data included backups of personal information belonging to Microsoft employees, including passwords for Microsoft services, secret keys, and an archive of over 30,000 internal Microsoft Teams messages originating from 359 Microsoft employees. An advisory on Monday by the Microsoft Security uh, Response Center, or MS. SRC, uh, basically that team, Microsoft said no customer data was exposed and no internal services faced jeopardy due to this incident. Wiz reported this to the MSRC on June 22nd of this year, which revoked the SAS token to block all external access. And basically they mitigated this as of June 24th. So heads up to you. The only thing I think that would have been more embarrassing for Microsoft is if they were discovered storing all of this in an Amazon AWS S3 bucket. And there you go. Nerd humor for you. And finally, finally, we have to once again talk about T-Mobile because it's a day that ends in Y, so they're involved in some kind of data breach, whether they like it or not. Now, T-Mobile has denied suffering another data breach following basically about a week ago or so uh, a Thursday night report that the threat actor leaked a large database allegedly containing T-Mobile's employee data. Now, the mobile carrier told Bleeping Computer that the leaked data is believed to belong to an authorized retailer, which was breached earlier this year. Quote, this has not been a T-Mobile data breach. The breach being referred to online is believed to be related to an independently owned authorized retailer from their incident earlier this year. T-Mobile employee data was not exposed, and that is according to T-Mobile talking to Bleeping Computer. Now, last, uh, I should say, a few days ago, someone under the alias of Emo shared 80, uh, 89 gigabyte zip archive allegedly containing T-Mobile data on breach forums, essentially for free. Now, while Emo states that this post title is related to T-Mobile and Connectivity Source, it's a third-party T-Mobile authorized reseller, the post indicates it was actually stolen from a cellular company. Quote, in April 2023, T-Mobile suffered a data breach exposing sales data slash analytics. T-Mobile support calls with customers, employee credentials, partial social security numbers, email addresses, and customer data, according to the forum post. Now, this data breach is believed to be related, related to Amtel LLC, an authorized T-Mobile retailer doing business as connectivity source, who warned, basically, of this breach earlier this year. Now, in May of 2023, Amtel warned that they suffered a data breach on April 19th that allowed attackers to steal data from current and former employees of that company. Quote, on April 19, 2023, Amtel was notified of suspicious activity in its network environment. Upon discovery of this incident, Amtel promptly engaged in a specialized security firm to secure its environment and determine the nature and scope of the incident. That is according to essentially their notification. I continue, while the investigation is ongoing, Amtel determined the incident involved limited personally identifiable information on that same day. End quote. Now, it's not been confirmed if the data released on breach forms is the same as Antel or T-Mobile, but here we are. And on top of that, 
if T-Mobile is outsourcing a whole bunch of, let's say, their data to, you know, to Amtel and, and, and giving them that kind of internal sensitive information, then yeah, actually T-Mobile is data breach. It's a supply chain data breach then, and T-Mobile should have to declare as well. So we're going to see what happens here, but obviously that's a big thing and it just is going to keep going on and on and on. But those were your breaches of the week. Uh, basically, I saved you 10 minutes compared to like last week and the other one. And so there you go. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.